0: Now, I said, are you ready?
1: Wrestling with a Bear Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Wrestling with a Bear Podcast. I am one of your hosts, John Punn. Sitting along, one of my co hosts, Chris Rex, and Alex, the bear man. Today, our special guest is none other than Scoot Andrews, a Ring of Honor original. Gentlemen, how are we all doing this evening?
2: Doing pretty good.
3: Doing well. Thank you. Good to uh, see all of you.
1: Yeah,
4: it's another, another week here with a bear. We had the black, black. Scoot Andrews, like pun header. Of honor, of original. Uh, We're going to talk to him about his life. For those that uh, may not know him, and for those that do know him, wrestling again. I met him at ETU wrestling. Uh, Great match. It's like he never lost anything. I think he's even better from what I've seen in the ring. And I'm happy to have him now on wrestling with a bear to be able to talk to him and talk about with him today. Yeah, hearing about this comeback
1: is going to be fun and interesting to hear about how long he's been gone, you know, but, you know, I want to get started with, you know, your childhood school. you know, tell us where you grew up, where you're from, when you first got into wrestling, you know, what was the first thing that you saw on your television that, that drew you to this wonderful sport?
3: Well, uh, born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, lived there most of my life until the year 2000. Um, what drew me to this sport was Gordon Soley every Saturday at one o'clock. Dusty Rhodes, Terry Funk, good old championship wrestling from Florida, Jack Briscoe, uh, Jerry Briscoe, a lot of those guys are just every Thursday night going to the Coliseum in Jacksonville, the old Coliseum in Jacksonville um, and never miss a Thursday. There every Thursday night Every now and then, saving would save up enough money to get front row or ringside, but mostly, you know, general admission tickets, but always there on Thursday night. Oh, that, that's awesome. That's awesome. I wish in. I had an opportunity like that growing up. Oh, man. I was lucky enough that I had a neighbor across the street who, uh, obviously, I was like six, seven years old, and he was into it as much as I was. So I had a ride, I had permission, I was there. It was a given. I was going to be there. So
0: yeah. Uh so we Uh
4: in high school, um what was your high uh, school years like? Uh obviously we we grew up in uh, different, different era. eras. Um uh, so
3: what, the uh, time for you
4: know what was high like? school I like that question because um high school is always uh really for everybody. So
1: oh, I, I like to dive into the you know, gay. Yeah, we noticed that in some eras and in even different states, you know, when you're a wrestling fan, there's, there's either bullying because of it, or everybody around you loves wrestling, also. So we, we want to know what, what you experienced when you was going through high school.
3: Well, one of the biggest things I experienced, or maybe let me say I didn't experience, is we did not have cell phones recording everything. We did not have social media. We did not have Twitter. We did not have any of that. Um, but it was a little hard to be bullied uh, in our high school because I was uh, All-State running back on the football team.
1: All right. Uh, all right. Was- Nobody was messing with you.
3: <laughs> I was also All-State in track. So I hung with the uh, the, the jocks. So we were the bulliers, not the bullies. So <laughs> in, that. Um, and a few of my teammates actually were big into it as well. Uh, we used to, before practice, try to do wrestling moves on each other on the practice field before before the horn or the whistle blew to start practice. So, <laughs> you know, yep. wrestling was always I, a part of it somewhere. Yep. I, I think
1: everybody's done I, that.
3: I, <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, as I'm going to college, lucky enough, my dorm room. This is off subject, but my dorm room backed up to the Spartanburg Memorial um, Auditorium, and right. most people don't know this, but the Crockett uh, promotion back in the '80s and uh, late '80s used to do TVs out of that auditorium. So we used to watch the wrestlers come in. Obviously, you know, we talk talking as smack as we could from our dorm room <laughs> rail. <laughs> But then um, a few times they actually solicited football players. I played college football. Um, they solicited co- football players to come be security backstage. <laughs> so I actually wasn't behind the curtain, but I was right next to the curtain, and I got to see a lot of the, the people that I saw growing up, like Dusty Rhodes, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, it's always it's always been part of my life and whatever I was doing at the time. So.
1: Now, yeah. Now you're saying, yeah. You're, now you Go said ahead. you you was a part of track. You you was a part of football. You know what was the moment in your life that that you decided, hey, I want to be a professional wrestler. You could have been a, a track star. You could have been, made it, maybe possibly to the NFL. But what was that? You know that point in your life that you made that decision. You want to take the professional wrestling route?
3: Well, I mean, no, there are a whole lot of Division Two running backs that were 5'8, 175. So uh, going into the NFL, so that was kind of off the table. Right. Um, yeah, got a cup of coffee in Canada, but it was literally a cup of coffee that did not work out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I was fast, but I wasn't fast enough to be a professional track athlete. So when I graduated from college, it was get a job. Um, side note, I joined a fraternity in college, which was all football players. Um, we were kind of trying to be like the alpha beta chapter from Revenge of the Nerds. If you remember that movie, we we took over a fraternity that was about, that lost its charter and they rechartered and it was all athletes. We had maybe five guys that weren't athletes just to get our GPA up. Um, but we ran the show. Fast forward to me graduating and going back home to Jacksonville and hanging out with a few of my high school buddies that actually we used to do the wrestling thing with before practice. And they all coincidentally joined the same fraternity. Didn't even know they were in the same fraternity. You know, I got home, went and hung out with them, and I saw the letters on the wall. I'm like, hey, are you guys Pi Caps? They're like, yeah. I'm like, holy crap, I'm a Pi Caps. So I affiliated with a chapter with my boys and, uh, You know, I DJ parties. I played flag football, and we came up with this crazy idea for a rush event. And if you guys don't know what rush is, it's where you're trying to recruit new members, um, and every fraternity does an event during that week to peak interest. We decided we were going to put on a our own professional wrestling show. Um, It was very unique. The school was a little hesitant, but they went ahead and let us do it. We rented a ring from a local promotion. Um, I was basically the Black Ric Flair. Um, I had a robe. I had, you know, I put feathers on it. I had, the, you know, the the silver butterflies on the black robe. Um, and we literally didn't know what the hell we were doing, but we put on a <laughs> pretty good. We put on a decent show. <laughs> That's, so usually of- <laughs> that's usually how it always starts.
1: That's usually how it always starts. We don't know what the hell we're doing. Said,
4: <laughs> the same thing in my high school when we were when we were backyard wrestling. <laughs> do. The and, like, oh, and they're like, "Do you have the proper licensing for this?" And I was like, nah, nah. <laughs> What
0: could possibly go wrong? And that's right, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, what could go? A lot, wrong?
3: a lot, unfortunately. <laughs> But you got to learn so, from it. I basically just imitated Ric Flair on match. Um, <laughs> the person I was working looked a lot like Sting. He had the short, spiky, blonde hair. He was pretty muscular, good-looking guy. So we painted his face. He imitated Sting. So all we did was do a Flair Sting match. It went hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> got over the-, the fans. Absolutely loved it. So we ended up doing it two years in a row. And in the second year. Uh, a young lady I worked with in my shoot job um, was, I don't know, I don't want to say this out loud, but she was really good friends with Sergeant Slaughter, right? So she goes, uh, he's going to be in town visiting uh, the week that we did our Rush event, and I'll ask him if he wants to come be a part of it. And sure as heck, he was available. He goes, yeah, let's go. So Sergeant Slaughter came in, and I was uh, <laughs> working a guy. <laughs> I forgot who the guy was working and what his gimmick was at the time, but we did the same thing. I'm imitating Ric Flair. And I cheat underhandedly cheated. I forgot what I did. But at the very end, as I was beating the guy up, uh, Slaughter's music hit because we had real we had music equipment. And he comes out and the fans lost their mind because we had a real wrestling room. And he proceeded to climb through the ropes, tie my arms up in the corner and chop the living... Quite out of me. It was it, it was a belittling experience. It, it really, I was like, holy crap, I didn't know y'all chop for real.
0: This hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I was say, was that the first chop you experienced? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, mean, I experienced chop from
3: the fraternity brother, but not from Sergeant Sparrow. That was my girlfriend. That was my girlfriend. <laughs> <brother.
4: laughs> that's so much a slaughter, right? and that, That's crazy, though. Know? Like, it, there seems to be this pattern in your life, and I don't like to use the word destiny or things like, but it seems like uh, a lot of pro wrestlers or myself included, there's certain moments in life that just, it just keeps bringing you in and bringing you in. Like, it's just telling you, like, this is this is what you gotta do. And it seems like in, in your life, there seems to be those moments from, from a young age to you're in college to, you know, now you're, you're, you're probably already getting that, it's your, okay, I w- this is what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, feel that way about, about your
3: career? Yeah, I do. I mean, a lot of people don't actually get to live out their dreams, right? Yes. Um, as a little kid, you know, you dreamed about being in the ring. You dreamed about walking down the aisle. You dreamed about doing a leg drop. You dreamed about doing a figure four. You dreamed about it. And, you know, I am very lucky that one of the guys that was at that show with Slaughter Chop Me, um, was a promoter and a trainer and pulled me to the side and said, you know, I've watched you for two years now and you are, you don't even know what you're doing and you're doing a pretty good job. I think I can train you. Are you interested? <laughs> no. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> no, no I, I think I want to so, stay well. here. You know, I'm not ready. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'll pass. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He was probably wanting to make sure if you were serious. Do you really want to do this? Do you have the passion? Are you willing to go through hell? Like he was basically like, uh, even in, in my world in journalism, like we get we go through a, a similar phase. Not quite like wrestling, but whereas like, are you sure you want to do this? It's not easy. It's gonna you're gonna go through years of hell, and basically they want to know for sure: Are
3: you willing to do it? Yeah, and that's what it was. And I was lucky enough that you know he had closed his school and. He had the ring set up in his barn in the backyard. So, you know, even if it rained, we we could still get in a workout. So basically, it was one-on-one training um, for a couple months. So, you know, where you normally in a school with eight, nine. Yeah, eight, nine, yep. And and I mean, he's literally giving me all of the attention, teaching me everything. Like one night, it was just, you know, I, I learned how to take a backdrop. And it was literally two hours of just me. Taking a backdrop, taking a, back taking backdrop. a back Um, and then when he saw that I could get the height on the backdrop, he goes, "I'm going to teach you to do a drop kick, and this is probably going to be one of your best moves." And I'm like, "How you know?" He goes, "Because you can jump." Okay, whatever. <laughs> Two hours giving him a drop kick. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I would be so. so I mean, you know, normally you're a yeah. sore after yeah, of you know, breaking in, and, you know, doing the squats and the and the cardio and all that, but. You know, once you get done with all that, it was just you one on one, there was really no breaks whatsoever, which is pretty cool. Um, after the first two months, uh, the guy's name was uh, Hot Stuff Damian Lee. He was a local guy in Jacksonville. I don't think he really did much outside of the Jacksonville area, but he was very—he was a good hand, and he had a—he had a good good head for the business. Um, so I literally worked him for the first year of my career on every show. Um, You know, he was the heel, I was the babyface, and then halfway through, we we changed roles, and then he became the babyface, and I was the heel. So I got to do both with just him. So (laughs) my comfort level was super high, because, I mean, it's the only guy I've ever worked. So it kind of broke me in a little bit easily, and I I didn't get put in the ring with some veteran who likes beating up, you know, green guys. So I got lucky in that sense. Where I was not lucky is... You know, you're not going to get any better wrestling the same guy for an entire wow. year. So exactly. they kind of um, kind of hamstrung my growth a little bit. But I was super lucky and um, I forgot what year it was, but I had started to branch out and, you know, we were on the same show. We were always on the same show, but I started wrestling some of the other guys and Hack Myers from EC- ECW. Saw me. He had just been released from ECW. He moved to Daytona with his parents. I don't know if you guys remember Hack. God rest yeah, yeah, his soul. Yep. Um, so he randomly calls me out of the blue. Uh, he was supposed to wrestle down in Miami. So mind you, I've only wrestled in Jacksonville, like once every six weeks, you know, monthly if if I was lucky. And he was supposed to wrestle a guy that was in ECW with him, but he broke his leg, and he needed an opponent. And he had seen me wrestle on the show, and he was like, "Hey, I like the way you work." Um. We're gonna have a classic big man, little man match. Are you interested in going down to Miami and working me? Now, I kind of knew who Hack was, but I did I didn't really know, and that wasn't a you know again. There's no internet, so I can't jump on YouTube to go see who Hack Myers was. There's, I kind of think who he was, and I think I saw him on ECW, but what the heck. So I'm going this? To Miami. Is, is
1: this like the early nineties? The mid nineties?
3: Yeah, this is like
4: 1995, 96, maybe? I was five
3: years old. So we go down to Miami. Uh, We work for Florida Championship Wrestling, and and the promoter's name was Bill Brown. And a lot of people went through that promotion, like Gangrel, Luna. A lot of people were down there. Championship? So I worked in this sold out arena. I mean, it was like a National Guard armory or something. I can't remember where it was. was Somewhere in Miami, maybe Davy. And um, he proceeded to put me through two tables, a couple chair shots. Um, Let me back back up. When I went to Hack's house to leave my car, and then I was going to ride with him and a young lady named Riptide, who was uh, working against Molly Holly back then. But her name was, I forgot what her name was at the time. But her real name is Nora. Um, so it was yeah. Nora Riptide, Molly Holly Riptide, and Hack and I driving to Miami in a car with no AC and the windows down from Daytona. Hey. Good times. But uh-huh. just sitting in the back seat, being the green guy, I'm just keep my mouth shut. And I think Molly Holly was pretty green at the time. She was on. She had been trained by like um, Macho's brother and was living with him. Whatever. But the four of us go down. We do the show i ring the doorbell and hack opens the door and i'm like oh my god what did i get myself into because hack was about 350 pounds at that point Uh, he had the mohawk but he had the mohawk that came down across his face and then the beard that came down to here he was gigantic and i'm like oh this is not smart but he took absolute care of me it was so much fun um i never had so much fun getting hit by a chair going through a table um but that started my travels because bill brown liked our work and he started to book me pretty much every month so I was working in Jacksonville I was working in Daytona and I was working in Miami so that was where I started to kind of do you know um, double shots and all that stuff and then I'm now I'm under hacks wing and a lot of people don't realize as big as hack is and as extreme as his gimmick was he was a well-trained worker he was one of the best hands I've ever seen in my life and I started to learn the business from his perspective as and not the perspective of the guy in Jacksonville I started to get a better mind for the business yeah. um he taught me more psychology than the other guy did um he taught me you know you know, you know all the little things that you pick up over the years had kind of fast tracked tracked me a little bit on a lot of right. things that it takes people years to learn. So I got super, super lucky to, to be a function. And we literally only worked each other maybe we only worked each other maybe four times. were you already doing years?
1: were you already using the the black nature
3: boy gimmick? So yeah, it, it was a it was a spillover from the black Ric Flair thing I was doing for the fraternity. Um so I was Nature Boy, Scoot Flair for that thing, right? Just being stupid. It was so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my my, my, <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: my girlfriend. <laughs> so the name Scoot was the name I got in when I was super young, and I was super fast as a little kid. So I don't know how it came to be Scoot. I mean, but that's uh, the word. <laughs> Scoot your ass out of here! Scoot your ass away! It must away. Have
2: been fought out like. Like
3: that. Like, yeah. yeah. There
2: there you go. There we
3: go. There you, you go. Know. So my wrestling name, you know, poop was going to be a – I mean, it was a given. That was going to be a part of it. Um, but then, you know, coming up with that second name after all that, it was – I was Anderson once. I forgot. Anderson. I, I went down to a river <laughs> with uh, – I think Steve Kern and Brian Blair were booking, and they made me Scoop Star. I don't know what the hell that was about. but
1: (laughs) They wanted the two S's. That's Uh, what that was. I
3: I, I got put over by uh, Mike Enos to win the Caribbean Heavyweight Championship. And we never went back, so technically I'm still the Caribbean Heavyweight Champion, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. well, if you never lost it, then if you never lost it, then you're still
0: the
2: champion. Never lost. Yeah. It. Never they lost. can't take yeah. that away. Yeah. 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 yeah, like
3: like Curtis
1: Axe was still in the Royal Rumble. He's Still champion. So yeah. <laughs> so I was nature.
3: I was Bob, Bob Acklin still champion. I, I was gonna say I was a nature boy. Screwed Andrews for a long time. Once I met up with Hack, he was like, ah, you need to change that up, and I'm like, why? He goes, you know. Ric Flair, you know, Landell, Buddy Rogers. uh, No, you need to be the Black Nature Boy. Be different. I'm like, okay. So, obviously, I became the Black Nature Boy. Um, That's a lot of words to put on your trunks. That's a lot of words to put on your robes. So I stopped wearing robes. Um, (laughs) And then over time, working in Florida, and, you know, once I was there, and then I moved to Tampa in 2000, and started working for IPW became my home promotion with uh, Ron Nimi and I was doing Tampa Jacksonville uh Orlando Miami pretty much the whole state of Florida and then somehow you know just over time it ended up being just B&B which worked you could fit that on everything so that t-shirts, <laughs> everything yeah so it just stuck it just stuck so you know, Black Nature Boy screen Andrews, just stuck. It sounded good. It was cool. And funny story, Kevin Kelly from WWE was really good friends with one of the guys in Florida. And he heard the name Black Nature Boy and he goes, what in the hell is I need to see who this is. And yeah. adding, that is how I got into doing dark matches with the WWF at the time because of the name Black Nature Boy. So it all worked out pretty well. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I it's pretty say. cool
2: because I, I actually did some research. Uh, there was a time on uh, that you worked. You worked uh, matches with S.I. Rios, and of course, the late Crash Holly, which is who's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Yes. Even to this day, I watched Crash Holly's all the stuff he did, and even to this day, it's it, it's it's brilliant.
3: He was really good. He was he was so good. So yeah. It was a night, you know, in the wrestling business, we call it a night off, even though it was a WWE. I think we probably did Velocity, maybe, um, which is pretty high. Stress level if you're not in the contract and you're trying to get under contract. Um, but he was a night off. It was so easy. But the S.A. Rios match was my very first match um, on WWF TV at the time. And it was on, I forgot what they called the, name of the show. Jack, was- Jack the Metal, I believe. Jack no, Metal. Was that was- a- this was actually the Spanish speaking show that was on. Um, George, oh, um was it uh, Super
4: Superastrells oh, something
3: like
4: that? I forgot what was named. Astros.
3: Is. Yeah, it super Astros. Super Astros. Astros, Astros. There, oh, we no, super Astros. Astros.
4: there we go. Super Astros. I knew I had I've been sure
3: remember that name for the last five years and you just gave it to me. Thank it's you. actually
2: Jack, not Jack Metal, it's just WWF Jacked.
3: Yeah. So my very first match, and you talk about and you know you just spoke about destiny, right? You talked about mm-hmm. You know all of this leading to destiny, and yep. my very first match for the WWF was in the Jacksonville Coliseum, the same building I used to go to as a kid every Thursday night. And I'm walking down the ramp, going, "Holy crap! I am in the Jacksonville Coliseum. This is crazy." And that, I'm I, on the other side of the curtain in the building that I used to go every Thursday night, and I'm that's like, "Kind Holy of, crap, you,
1: good. Good. you
3: know, that is that's."
4: You worked the garden, that—that's it. You made it. Yeah, um, that was my garden. I can retire. I
3: <laughs> it was long.
2: Yeah, for for us Texans, especially Dallas, the the old sport a uh, sportsatorium in Dallas with a uh, where Fritz Von Eric ran his promotion, uh, that would have been the same way. But you know, that's been gone for a long time. Yeah, it has been. But yeah. you know,
3: it was it was crazy that you know I was most people when they break into the business and working in the building that they used to go to as a kid is like something that happens years later. Like my first match in the fed was there, which was awesome. And then it all just went uphill from there. It was awesome. And I got it. I got lucky enough to have a real job where I had a manager or a supervisor who was a huge, huge, bigger wrestling fan than I was. Um, I think he was even like an assistant to a guy in the 80s or 70s. So he was he was in, kind of around the business a lot. So I was a sales trainer and I was a national sales trainer for a telecom company. And I could go anywhere in the country that we had an office, which is pretty much every major city. So he would let me, I would call um, Dr. Tom Pritchard and I would go, hey, you guys are gonna be in Chicago and St. Louis in two weeks. Do you have a spot? He goes, yeah. If you're coming, I'm in. You I mean you're in. Good. So I do my you go, all right, schedule a training class in Chicago. <laughs> <I'm> like, okay. <laughs> so I do Monday Night Raw on Monday, I do SmackDown on Tuesday, and then I would teach a training class on Wednesday, Thursday, and I come home. And then I do independent shows on you know, obviously Friday, Saturday, Sunday, wherever I was. So that worked out really well. I was able to pretty much, I mean, I was in the staple center. A lot of the boys in the back thought I was under contract because I was always because
1: he was always there,
4: which is awesome. But all that you came up in a time that was yeah yeah, Mm that now those experiences really it's very rare to have you know to come up in the way that you you came up being able to you know make the connections and say hey you know I'm down and do this and actually like.
0: Like you said, you burn under. I
4: mean, that I mean, now that that's gone.
3: gone. Yeah, I mean it's it was so it, so we did. I just did a WrestleCon in Jacksonville last week, and Victoria, uh, Lisa Marie is yes. there,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and as we were walking in, she's like, "Oh my God, Scoot, how you been?" Like like I was one of the boys from WWE, it was crazy. We Most extras, she probably wouldn't even remember the name, but I was always around, so it was super cool. And you know, yeah. when you do that drive from Chicago to St. Louis, you know, you get in the car with a couple of boys and next thing you know, you, you're you one of the boys. So it was pretty cool, it was a good experience for me. Um, and all that led to me going to the ECWA uh, Super 8 where I was got to go to the file, Russell Trent Acid in the first round got rested. So one of yes. the best wrestlers who never make it. Yes. Um, Chad Collier in the second round, and then obviously Christopher Daniels. <coughs> oh wow! Went under to Chris Daniels, which not a bad thing. Um, but it was it was a learning experience in that I had not worked the Northeast style of wrestling yet. Uh, you know, being Light heavyweight ish, and working against mainly big guys in Florida, um, yeah. it was an educational experience getting to ring with Christopher Daniels. an <laughs> so angel. Oh my god! I was so blown up. I didn't know what to do. I was like, I don't. I can't remember all this. What are we doing? That's that's just so <laughs> cool. I mean, because I always
2: ask, I always like confirm with wrestlers when you work a match with somebody who's so well known in the business like Christopher Daniels. That's something you put. On your list of accolades. Like, that's something that people will remember. Like, wow, you work with That's And that's something you have to earn. They don't just give it to you,
3: right? Yes, that's very true. Um, So when I, you know, we got there for the for the, the Super 8, and Jim Kettner told me that, you know, you're going through to the finals against Christopher Daniels. And I was like, you sure? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: probably that up.
2: Sometimes they'll probably rip,
3: they'll try to rib you and just make you excited, yeah. right? It's got to be a rib, right? <laughs> you told no, no, no. me. <laughs> okay, wow. Right. So, not only did I have to work through the first match with Trent Acid, which was pretty uh, one of my best matches ever, and I do have a copy of it, thank God. Um, And then Chad Collier, who had been trained by Malenko in Florida. So, we did a Florida type match. So, that was super easy. Not a lot of <laughs> it was a lot of- in the ring in that match. So I didn't really have to use my brain too much. But then, you know, third match, you know, that's three matches up here at one time. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. So it went well, though. I mean, if you look at the match, hell my own with him. And I think that launched me into uh, the Northeast eyeballs. All of a sudden, I was being, I became ECWA heavyweight champion. I was back for two years, I think. Um, I work people like Simon Diamond, Prince Nana, Low Key. Wow. Oh wow. It, it was it was absolutely nothing. I think Pete Gass from the Me Street Possum. B- oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that core division. He was one of my <laughs> favorites
1: out of the three of them.
3: And he, he he looked I mean he looked small on TV, but when I came in the back, I'm like, Jeez, dude, you're big as hell. I don't know what I'm gonna do with you. Um, but you know, it was, it was such a great. Kim there, uh, did a four-way. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I could
2: help it. I'm sorry.
3: I know. I know. <laughs> but I got to do a four-way as the champion versus Christopher Daniels, um, American dragon, Brian Danielson, and low key, the four of us. for Wow. Did a um, wow. It was, you know, that's three legitimate stars. And then, in my mind, I'm like, and me, um, but we put on a we put on a classic, and I think the fans were so blown away. I, I think we got it over because no one expected me to come out as the winner of that match. They thought I was going to drop the belt to they thought probably low-key or Chris Daniels, and when I won, they were legitimately stunned. And I think that's why we got the pop we got because they were expect they weren't there was no way I was going to win that match, and yeah. I did, which was awesome
4: underdog. I, I love those wow. situations in wrestling. You know the fans, yeah, you know the fans aren't gonna expect it.
3: And I, it was a weird weird scenario because I was kind of that in the middle baby face that had been a heel and they didn't really know how to take me sometimes. I mean I turned my first month I turned on low key as a tag team partner, which set us up for like a six month feud or something. It ended with a big uh finish at the I forgot the name of the building at the University of Delaware, but it's like the big arena in Delaware. Um, and Kenner always wanted to run the show there, and he finally got it set up. So we had all these big matches. I think you know Brian Danielson and Christopher Daniels were the main event. He brought in a couple. I think Edge and Christian were on the show. I think, um, but Loki and I opened the show, which was awesome because we got to set the stage and we had a freaking great match. Um, and that was the blow off of our feud. And then somehow I got attacked and turned baby (laughs) face. So they were like, where, what is he now? But, you know, in a four way, it's kind of hard to have heels and baby faces anyway, because it's, you know, one man against three. So it's no really no, you know, unless there's three heels and one baby face, it was kind of, we were kind of shades of gray for all four of us. So it was a great way for me to showcase what I could do against top notch talent. And, uh, the guy who used to film all of the stuff in the Northeast, Rob Feinstein or Steen, however you pronounce that, RF Videos, um, is who started up Ring of Honor with Gabe. And obviously, you know, like Chris Daniels, low key. And after that, they were like, shoot, we got to bring Scoot too. So, that's how I got onto the first show at Ring of Honor. Now
1: that was gonna be my next question. I like how you Yeah, you pretty really much
3: answered all of our questions. You did that
1: twice already. The a question I was thinking, you just went in and answered it before I got to ask yeah, it. That. So the yeah, so, not, so now man. that you're in Ring right of Honor Yeah, you you you're you're really good. You're really yeah. good. Not that you're in Ring of Honor, but what what's hey, yeah. your Go ahead.
3: Yeah, it's, it's crazy because you look at it and go, I was on the first Ring of Honor show, which is awesome. But then you go, holy crap, that was 2001. That's a 2001, long time yes. um, And Gabe Sapolsky was the booker. Um, and they put me with Xavier first. And I think I wrestled him three or four times. But I, that's exactly what I wrestled on the first show. Um and I, it was just weird, like, you know, we're going to shake hands before each match. We're going to shake hands after each match, which is the honor part of Ring of Honor. Yep. And I, they kind of got away from that as got bigger. But that was an interesting twist. Um, not a lot of stuff on the floor. Everything had to be in the ring. Um, but, you know, being a Philly, it was in Philly, so we had the Philadelphia crowd that showed up. And, you know, they'll let you know if they like you very quickly. Yeah. And if you're yeah. not over with them, you will know very quickly. Yeah. So I was super lucky At to have northeast. A good entrance yeah, I had a great entrance song, which they loved. So I got over there, um, then I uh, hit Xavier with my finish The Force of Nature, and they freaking popped like crazy. And then from that point on, I was, I could, I could miss an arm drag, and they would never, they would never, you
1: know, <laughs> they would never easy. say anything. <laughs> oh. <laughs> They they won't let
3: you know that they saw it. I got to do Ring of Honor, ECWA at the same time. And I was doing Florida, and I was doing WWE stuff. I was finding myself articles in Pro Wrestling Illustrated. At one point, which is pretty cool. I mean, there were WWE guys that were below me, which is crazy. Um, It was pretty cool, man.
0: are like, are oh, you a wrestler? I don't believe you a
3: wrestler. I'll pull out the magic. <laughs> <in> the <NFL. laughs> Boy, <God.
0: laughs>
3: and if you look over my shoulder right here, you see a, a replica of the, floor, the old Florida Heavyweight Championship belt. Um, I held that for the reboot of NWA Florida. We, we actually and- don't see you. I don't think you have your video on.
1: Of what? On the on the, Skype, on the Skype? Yeah, no, right. I don't have his video. We don't see you. You haven't seen my video this whole time. No. We didn't we didn't know you. Yeah, we, we, we just we thought you just wanted to be, you know,
4: mysterious. <laughs> oh man,
3: I was no like, I can't remember. I was smiling and everything. That's
4: crazy. <laughs> <You> <laughs> yeah, I can I can't see. No, it. yeah, we don't I,
2: I think maybe I'm just gonna I, I can. Oh.
4: see oh, okay. yeah, I'm just having problems with the
1: with the that... software. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I that I didn't there, know about
2: Yeah, I, I can. Okay. Well, okay. Okay. Like, Man, I'm up and doing all
3: the facial <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's my bad. But yeah, I mean, I don't even know why even you. You know, I've had a lot of concussions. You can't like change the subject on me mid sentence because I'll forget where I was. <laughs> but yeah, there's oh, yeah we're talking about boyfriends and stuff. So but, yeah, I got a bell to show that. I- I was a wrestler.
1: And you know, that's funny. Because we um, were talking about being busy, my next thing was going to ask you about injuries. And you just brought up you've had many concussions.
3: <laughs> wow. Man, I-, I can read your mind through this Skype thing. It's pretty funny. Yep, it's yep. good stuff. <laughs> so injuries, yeah. Uh, as I told you earlier, I played college football. played for four years. And a few little concussions happened there, obviously. Uh, back in the days of no concussion protocols and yeah. smelling sauce, get your butt, get your butt back in the game. Uh, many a game, I wake up like in the shower, going, "What the hell just happened?" Oh, we just finished the game. You don't remember or oh, <laughs> no, wow. anything. So, so I'm watching the video the previous day, and I'm like, "I did all that. I don't remember none of that." <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Crazy. Um, I think I had one in Pop Warner, too, which is kind of scary because I didn't know what I didn't know what had happened Um, in wrestling. You know, there's I don't think I've had one where I got knocked out. But, you know, there's a couple of times, you know, you get hit in the head and you see the flash of light, but you're still with it. Right. But you wake up the next morning with a headache. So probably not a bad confession, I would say, from wrestling. One thing that I'm very good at and very cognizant of is tucking my chin on everything. hack used to ride me about that all the time. So, you know, I've fallen before, like slipped on ice when I was up in Ohio with my wife, and I hit, I landed on my back, and sure as hell tucked my chin. (laughs) She's like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah." I
0: landed flat on my back.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I'm pretty good at tucking the chin. So I, you know, I had probably had less concussions in wrestling, but I broke more bones in wrestling than I did playing football. Ouch. And ligament. I mean, I have ligament damage in my knees to the, not really, I mean, not to the point where I need a surgery, but wear and tear. You know, it's its tough to walk up a flight of stairs every now and then, you know, when, when I wake up and I'm a little stiff. Um, going to the ring and getting a workout in to get ready for stuff like ETU from last, from April. Um, First couple times you go, you takes you a minute <laughs> to be able to walk through the house, oh, yeah. and once your body gets, yeah, you get accustomed to it again, and it's and, and you're good. But you know, I'm an epitome of that guy that kind of hobbles around as soon as the music hits. Then I don't feel anything. It's weird. I think oh, there's yeah. a lot of guys like that. That's
1: that adrenaline, once that once that starts going through your blood, that's it.
4: Yeah.
0: That's it. You so, had a yeah. You
4: had a great run with uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, great matches with, like you said, top-notch talent, um, stars now. Uh, what it led to you, because it's like, you just like, from a fan's perspective who was buying the DVDs at the time, at ETU, I was like, a week ago, a week before that, I, had probably, I think I had posted on Twitter. You know, what the hell happened to Scoot Andrews? <laughs> Later, it's like each you popped up. What led to uh, leaving Ring of Honor on taking a break from wrestling?
3: So, um, long and short of it is having kids. Um, I kind of dialed back the out of state travel when, when the first kid came. Um, I was super excited to be a dad and I had a yeah. little girl and I had a real job. So I didn't really need to travel much. Um, so I kept it to mostly Florida once the first kid was born. Um, so people in the Northeast probably lost track of me at that point. Uh, I think the internet was starting to become a thing at that point, but you know, I, I was pre the internet era. So. There wasn't a whole lot of me on the internet at that point. So I kind of just fell off the face of the earth unless you were in Florida. Um, then we got pregnant again for the second kid. And my wife told me, um, time to stop. <laughs> <laughs> the younger one was starting. And she was two, about to be three. And she was going to start whatever gymnastics that is for three-year-olds. It's not really gymnastics. is what it is. It's like that um, I was point blank told by my wife, uh, you will not be missing any of our kids' competitions, just so you know. Man, I'm like, no, I will we'll never want to because I just remember playing football and looking in the stand. My mom never missed a game, um, literally. She will be there with her umbrella, even if there was like ten people in the stands because it was, the weather was so bad. She'd be there with the umbrella. She would never miss it because I, I coach. I've coached youth football, and I've been around kids that look in the stands and their parents are not there, and you just wonder mm, why. Are watching? That's like stupid. Yeah. To me. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a retirement match with. Um, Mike Sullivan in Florida and Billy Fives. We did a three-way and we basically all three retired at the same time. Um, The picture of me holding my youngest daughter in my arms and my wife is in the ring with me and she's pregnant with my now second child. And that's when I kind of walked away. And then, you know, every now and then you got the itch and we do a reunion show or I randomly out of the blue. For a fundraiser, um, but never really got back into it. You know what I mean? It was really kind of gaga matches, nothing really serious. So that was 2005, and then fast forward to, um, well, let me say this: you guys know who Ron Neme is, obviously. If you watch ETU, you know the whole bar. Ron Neme had a promotion here called IPW, and he's done a few. IPW IPW reunion shows. So he brings back all us old guys. um, And, you know, it was nostalgic. It was fun. But then he got super, started getting super creative. And then he booked a show called um, Days of, oh God, what was it called? I cannot remember. Oh, I can't believe this. Oh my God, I can't believe it. So basically, the concept was old guys versus up and coming new guys, right? So they put me in the ring with Austin, Austin Theory. All my other boys got to do tag matches in freeways where they can roll out of the ring and get their win. And <laughs> hey,
1: hey, hey, you got to wrestle a twenty-year-old young kid.
3: <laughs> so Nimi, you know, he pitched it to me. I had a, I was free that weekend. The kids didn't have anything going on. Um, I looked at a match that Austin Theory had on YouTube, and I was like, oh my god, I'm going to have to get my butt to the wrestling ring at least three days a week. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to Jay Lethal School um, three days a week and trained my butt off, got ready, and was able to get through that. I mean, he's a freaking, he's a talent. So it was super easy. Um, Great match. He got me through it. I I almost threw up twice, but I couldn't walk afterwards. (laughs) But it was—it showed me I could still go. And Nimi has this—he he asks all the time, like FIP, um, no holes bar. He kept going, you know. So you know, your name is starting to come up in the Northeast. These people want to see you again. Are you? And I'm like, no, Ron.
0: Excuse oh. me, at a moment
3: of weakness. <laughs> There's a moment when I'm like. Maybe I should, I should do a match and I get a, a message on Facebook. Ding! Ron Nemi can sense it. Like I'm sensing the questions you're asking me. He like, oh, Scoot's ready to go. Scoot, hey, um, SATs and you know, this they, this is new promotion up in the Northeast is doing a show in April. And this is probably November when he called me. Uh, and five months. Well, I'm like, yeah, that's all the way out in April. Yeah, let's let's do that. So we didn't really hear anything from him. Didn't know who I was working. He had thrown some names out there. Like, I guess they tried to get Gresham. Um, they tried to get somebody else. So I don't know who it was. But then, you know, as we got, like, the beginning of March, I'm like, I haven't heard anything. So I reached out to Ron. I'm like, is this thing still on? And then right about that time is when Struggles put out that, um, that, how, that you know, that, Return of a Legend video on Twitter, and I'm like, Oh, I guess it's <laughs> so Tom. That's when I found out it was going to be AC Mac, which was pretty cool. Um, I, I like his work, and I watched him, and I'm like, Oh, if we can do this, it's going to be pretty good. So, not a promotion. I'm, I'm about to talk about something that I do to get in shape, and I'm not promoting the company at all. But you know, if you're out of shape, it's a great company, a great gym to go to. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of F45. Um, It's owned by Mark Wahlberg, the actor. And it's 45 minutes of functional, um, high intensity interval training. So it's kind of like CrossFit, but without all of the injury risk and crazy movements with a lot of heavy weight that CrossFit does. But uh, I usually do a class in 45 minutes, and my heart rate is up around the 50s, and I burn like 800 calories. So it's some crazy okay. intense cardio, and it has you know it has a cardio day and a weight and a strength day. So I don't even need to use a real gym. I just go there, and I have enough weights here to supplement it. And I went to the ring to start training for the ETU show, and I literally did not get winded in the first 10, 15 minutes. And the first time back in the ring. Normally the first time back in the ring I'm ready to throw up after locking up. Just saying. Uh, I've been there. I've been
1: there. I've been body The last year I, I was wrestling, I, I can say I've been there a lot. <laughs> yeah,
3: I, I did an body scan and uh saw that my body fat had gone down like ten percentage points, and I'm like looking in the I mirror walk, going All I walked
1: right. to the ring and I I'm already breathing hard. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: So I'm looking in the mirror going, if I can pull this off, okay, here we go. So, yeah, F45 has been the the reason I've been able to do it, and it's the reason I decided, you know what, I might do a few more matches here in this short period of time. Um, That's awesome. I hope, I I hope joke, you do. What was that?
1: I hope you do. I hope you do continue to do a couple of more matches.
3: Yeah. So I wow. joke. With uh, a couple of my friends, that I'm like, I am more popular now than I was when I was wrestling full time. That's a little weird to me. <laughs> I was just about. <laughs> I, guess- I was just about to say,
4: like now, uh, all the all these people from 2002 are coming up now. 2003 are coming up. Where the SAT is the screwed Now it's like, oh shit, oh It's because everyone, I like, think, everyone's just looking back now and realizing, like these guys should have been something, you know, back then being ahead of your time. And I think it's not that you fell off, it's just
0: like you
4: were ahead of your time. You were better than you, you You should have been at the time,
3: you know? Yeah, I appreciate it. Those the kind words. And, you know, it's weird because I did the ETU show and I'm like, I'm a big stickler. I'm old school. I like to watch all the matches before mine just to make sure, you know, we don't do anything someone's already. We we're, like we're, like that. were like
1: that. We like that as a team. We were like that. We 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 definitely kept kept track of every tag match that happened before us. Make sure we didn't do nothing, you know, yeah that, that happened already. So
3: I'm watching the matches and I'm like so I, I do a I have a pretty unique um uh, move set. So I'm like, you know, hopefully no one else does. You know a guillotine leg drop off you know, off the second row, that they do on screwball because I always use that. Um, you know I do a tilt to world face plan. No, I was like, I'm surely somebody's gonna do that. Um, my finish is a pump handle Rikichi driver called the Force of Nature. I'm like, God, I hope nobody else is using that. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I do that nobody else still doesn't do, and I'm like, holy crap, I can use my whole move set. This is awesome. So. You know, a lot of the stuff is like fresh. Someone was like, Oh "Man, I haven't seen a guillotine leg drop like that in years." I'm like, "I do it every match." <laughs> what you, with me? <laughs> <laughs> you know my finish, my finish of course, in force of nature is pretty devastating. I'm like, you know, I'm surprised no one has actually used it. But you know, I've watched a lot of stuff on um, IWTV, and I've not seen anyone use it. So when I when I hit AC mat with it. Yeah, it was a big deal. People were like, holy crap, what was that? I'm like, oh my God, this like 20 years ago. <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> 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 they, didn't, they didn't have internet, so there's no yeah. way anybody. To yeah, it, that's so. true. And, and that wasn't, wasn't big yet. So, when you say ahead of my time, I wouldn't say ahead of my time. Yeah, I guess you could say that because a lot of stuff that I did then is still re- relevant now. Um, exactly. Chris yep. the same way. Um, AJ Styles, who I worked several times, same way, and it just, you know, luckily I got to work with a lot of good people early on in my career, and was able to pick up some things that have carried through now. So, you know, it's good stuff, man. And and to your question, yes, there are a few more matches about to happen up in the New York, New Jersey area, um, but you know. Expect the unexpected, doesn't like yeah. to let them a bag, you know, early on. So not saying it's with them. Could be. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then possibly, maybe, not sure, but maybe be going into the chains at some point. Don't know. It might happen. Hmm. Um, and I've heard from a few promotions like Warriors of Wrestling reached out. So we're trying to come up with a date that I am available. Um, FIP down here in Florida, uh, run by Sal, who runs Shine as well. Um, they're trying to find a date that works. So you just got to believe- make sure
1: you you got to make sure your daughter's available so you can be available.
3: Yeah, see that's the thing. <laughs> my, my oldest daughter is in college now, so she's gone. The only thing I have to worry about with her is if Florida State has a you know, like a parent's weekend or they're playing somebody really good that I, my wife wants to go see, then I have to go. So that kind of takes it off the table. But my youngest is still playing uh, high level competitive uh, youth soccer. This is her last year. She just committed to playing college um, next year, but her senior year in high school is coming up this year. So once her soccer games start, you know, the calendar, like, summer, Yeah, some of them are on Sunday are on Saturday. So if there's a Sunday game, if it's not early in the morning, and not on a Saturday, then you know that date may work. Um, but if it's on a Saturday when she has a game, it ain't.
2: Just out of curiosity, what
3: what school does she commit to? She committed to Center College. It's a D three school in Kentucky, mm-hmm. uh, about twenty minutes, twenty minutes outside of Lexington. And okay. then obviously, I just said the oldest one is at Florida State. So, That's awesome. but then there's there's also, uh, there's also the fact that I am a high school football coach. So, you know, can't really do Friday shows. I'm able to do, possibly do the ETU show on September 9th um, because we have a bye week. So that works out perfectly. Um, just saying, it could happen. Um, it's also unexpected. unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the whole. August through October time frame is super tough just because of coaching high school football going to Florida state games and then my daughter having soccer games all over the- I mean the league she's in is 12 teams from Miami all the way to Jacksonville so that's awesome. it's that's crazy cool. crazy league but you know if if it's a Saturday that's open then I'll do it but once October is gone then we'll uh We'll hopefully we'll be there. seeing more yeah. school. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Well, the good news is like I said, with F forty five, you know, it, it was one of those things where I had to get in shape oh, for a match. But I feel like I am in shape all the time now because of that. So it's a lot easier to get in ring shape when you're when you're already when your cardio is already good. So that's awesome. I'll keep doing F forty five five days a week and uh Go until the wheels come off of this thing, I guess. I don't know. I hope my wife gets pissed. <laughs> he hates I know that he feeling. He absolutely hates wrestling. Hates it with a passion. Oh, yeah. yep,
1: not yep. Know much yep, I know that feeling, too. <laughs> my wife claims no. to be a wrestling fan, but not
0: really.
1: He <laughs> says, no, I watch it too a- much. There's too much w- wrestling w- on the w- TV.
3: At- if it was a WWE match in Tampa here, she would she would go to that willingly. <laughs> she, would, she won't go to independent shows. She did see me turn on Loki and and like we were dating at the time, and uh, she lived in North Carolina, so we were long distance anyway. So I booked her a flight to come to Delaware and watch me work at ECWA, and I, that was the night I turned on Loki. Um, and then we spent the night with her girlfriend in Baltimore and partying in a in harbor mm-hmm. thing, but. That, the only reason she went to that one was because she got a high school friend that lived in Baltimore, so that worked out. And but yeah, you know, she she could she could definitely do without this business. Trust me. Unfortunately,
1: that's awesome. That's awesome. It's been great getting to know you on a personal level. This has been awesome.
4: Are yeah, um, mm-hmm. you out of questions? No, I love going to conversate, because that's what it's a conversation, you know, and it's like, that's what we're here for. We're here here to hear hear, hear, your story, and you know, whatever you want to to put over, you know, letting people know what your training is, what to know other people. I mean, it's far beyond pro wrestling. You know, I, I feel this show, that's what I'd like to do with this show, that's what we all like to do with this show, is try to get more out of it than just the pro wrestling you know because that Absolutely. pro wrestling is what links us but now it's, yeah. you know, and and you know pretty much just shooting the shit with, with somebody uh you know on fucking skype you know you
3: you know one thing i want to throw out that is so weird to me and, and i can't even wrap my brain around it right now but back when i was full-time and you know someone that was known would come into the, the locker room or, or the dressing room and everybody will be like running over to shake their hand and introduce themselves and yeah can you watch my match and give me some pointers and all that stuff and so I'm at ETU and I walk in and struggles was like I think AC Mack is a little is, is super nervous because yeah. he's working <laughs> me he's <laughs> oh, nervous <man. laughs> and then I walk in the and the Kirks are like hi hi nice to meet you I'm like, Akira and Masha come up, they shake my hand, and I'm like, "Oh my God, I'm that guy now!" <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, that
1: me?
4: It's the it's, it's the myth, yeah. the man, the myth, the legend. Dude.
3: <laughs> it just feels so freaking weird. I mean, to you know, when I used to walk up to the to the people that everybody was you know running up to talk to, they seemed to be like, "Yeah, I'm the man." Yes, nice to meet you. So I guess maybe in the back of their mind, they're probably doing the same thing I'm doing, like. Why are you coming up to me? Like, I'm just like, <laughs> weird. It's so weird. But, it, it you know, it's very humbling. It is very humbling that, that people now that are doing it full time look can say they look up to me, which is, again, strange. Um, I was scrolling through Twitter one day, probably back in January, February maybe, and Jonathan Gresham posted a picture of me and just had the word legend on it. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and that was even before ETU was announced. So I'm like, that was weird. But
4: you went viral, Yeah,
3: yeah. And then there's some there's a black wrestler podcast for like African American wrestlers, and they highlight somebody in their tweets all the time and they put one up for me and I'm like, oh my god, who are these guys? where did they get this? I mean they had a picture I hadn't seen in years. I'm like, where did they get
0: that? <laughs> yeah. so,
3: it's super cool man and you know once ETU announced that I was going to be on the show um, I went from about 200 followers on Twitter to like almost 700 like overnight I'm like what oh wow yeah I think I am at Where am I right now
1: yeah they're like oh Scoot Andrews he's alive oh
3: shit like
4: like I think, like what happened to Andrews? And then he got ET, and I met at ET, and I'm like, "Oh, like this is fucking screwed, Andrews." And you know, the the I would say the common wrestling fan that only watches the WWE wouldn't, yeah, you yeah. know. But I was just like kind of sitting there with Joel, like, "Bro, that's that screwed Andrews, man." right?
3: <laughs> and like, hey, you know, like fans, you know follow you and they send you a tweet and some dude sent me something that just made me I was, it, it made me smile. He goes oh my god, I can't believe I'm going to get to see you in person. And I'm like Aww. <laughs> he's that like he's, cool.
4: he's like Bigfoot, you know You like, is he, <laughs> is he, is he real? <laughs> and then all
3: of a sudden then the workers start chiming in like, you know, I can't wait to meet you looking forward to seeing you so, you know, it was that whole month leading up to ETU is freaking very cool. You should just do a gimmick where you
4: come out every ten years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> bro, if I come out
3: ten years from now, I am not going to be able to do much. Trust
1: me. <laughs> you got you to get at 45, just, you're you're good. With that forty-five, yeah. man. Yeah, you're good. You're good, bro. Don't worry about it. Dude, All right, do do more, do, sorry, do yeah, it every five years and, and every five years. I don't
3: know. <laughs> Fifty-five is. I am 55, and thank God I'm able to still do what I can do. But I don't know if 65 is no. But Look at Flair, right. man.
4: Flair's still doing <laughs> yeah. yeah. Isn't he wrestling?
3: Never say never.
1: Isn't he wrestling soon? Yeah. Is it like Flair yeah, Wrestling Hogan yeah, uh, or
3: some shit? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they Rick Ricky Morton. Ricky Morton. Actually, I knew it was. They were talking about, and everybody was kind of debating who it was going to be. But after seeing Ricky on that ETU show, I'm like, you know it's going to be Ricky Morton. It's got to yeah. be Ricky Going to be Ricky Morton is going to be Jeff, or it's going to be Jeff Jarrett. It's going to be one of those two. Nobody because nobody else will want to work with him because he's so old. He'll be scared that they're going to hurt him. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I wouldn't want to. I'd be watched, like,
4: I wouldn't I, want to be that guy that accidentally, you know, right? accidents happen. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I wouldn't want to be that guy and be like, oh. So, really he yeah, is it Rick Flair's last
3: match. I told you, I, told you, told you I, I train at Jay Lethal School. Um, right. I also train at the Death Proof Dojo with uh, Chris Silvio from NWA. He's at OBW, the ESQ. Um, and and uh, Genocide uh, is a part of that school, as well as Connor from The Ascension. And then over at Jay Lethal's school, you got Victor from The Ascension. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Connor is at Jay Lethal's. Victor is at Death Proof. But I watched some... Video that the public does not have is not privy to from lethal school, and that's what Flair has been training to get ready. And I mean, I've seen him take that Flair bump off the top rope three or four times from Jay Lethal. I mean, he can still bump. (laughs) <laughs> you know. I mean, hey,
1: why, why don't you get yourself into that match, man? I'm take I, I, yourself
4: the, the Black Mesa Boy versus the Nature
1: Boy for
4: Ric Flair's last yeah. match. <laughs> <laughs> Sit,
1: man wow. That would be dope. Oh, oh,
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but
1: after <laughs> watching Ric, after watching Ric, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, you two aren't too far off in age.
3: Come on, man. <laughs> I was a little nervous, man, because I we had that common link of Jay Lethal and training at the same school. I'm like, Jay throws my name out there as the Black Ninja Boy. Rick Flair is going to be like, I remember him. Yeah. Thank God he picked Ricky, so I don't have to worry about that. But again, watching Ricky at the ETU show, I mean, he can still go. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, both of them. It might be a decent match. I was made to call I was watching
4: him uh, you know, go through the match. And there's i like, no, you don't have to do that, Dad. You don't have to do that, Pop. You know not I am mean? like, wow. like, Ricky just wants to go like, he, to he wants to Spanish hit that fly. Canadian destroyer every match.
3: He was like begging to take the Spanish fly. I'm like, dude, are you yeah. sure? Yeah. That, <laughs> that was that was. <laughs> and then he's giving out Canadian Destroyers. I'm like, what the heck is happening? This is like bizarro world. I, mean, I don't even know what's going on right now. Did uh, Ricky Morton take a power bomb off
2: the stage at AEW like three years ago when, yes. he, was atta- when he was attacked by uh, by the Inner Circle? Yep, he yeah, did. You see, the dude's fearless. Like, dude, what do you love and you have so much passion for it? Like, I've been doing this for like 40 years. I'm not going
0: to stop.
4: No, Ricky Morton got into the, in, into the locker room and was like, Getting dressed and like he was ready, already in the mode. Like, all right, we're,
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I, what's funny is I actually worked Ricky Morton, um, way back when I first started. When I was just doing way Jackie back, Golden. way back. And we we, we, we
1: got <laughs> to <feel> way back.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we were wrestling in a sports bar, and Ricky Morton was in town for something. And he, had, you know, he was not under contract, so they booked him. I'm not sure how much. They, I'm sure they paid him a ton of money. But Probably. the guy that was supposed to wrestle him and his tag team partner did not show up. And I was, like, in the battle royal that night. And they were like, all right, screw it, you're in. I'm like, oh, crap. So I actually worked Ricky Morton back in 1994, 95, maybe. Um, yeah, he didn't kidding. remember it, obviously. But I walked up to him and go, hey, you know, it's very cool to see you again. You may not remember this, but we worked 1994, 1995 in Jacksonville at sports bar. He goes, I remember the sports bar, but I don't remember. I, 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 I'm a little fuzzy, brother. But thank you, thank you, thank you for coming up and saying hi. And I was like, oh, crap. So <laughs> it was just weird, man, because he was not an old man then. Now he's an old man. But then again, I was not an old man then either. <laughs> Phenomenal now I'm an old man, so <laughs> it, worked. it worked for both of us. And he, I'm a lot like him in that you know, as I'm older, you know I should be actually working a lot slower and smarter. But I only know one way to wrestle, and when I can't do it that anymore, is when I'll stop. Because if I have to go in there and just punch and kick and not really do any bumps and not really do anything, but go yeah, what's slow, the
1: point?
3: yeah, yeah, what point? What point? So I'm I'm just happy that I didn't. And I told someone this, and I think it was struggles that I told this. I said I think I'm still able to go. At fifty-five, because I took a fifteen-year break, and that is true.
1: That is true too. You know, your your body wasn't taking them bumps on a regular basis for 15 years,
3: so yeah, being in great shape and you know doing a match, I should be a little. You know, I used to get to the point I'm walking through the house like this, which is why my wife hated me doing it again. But when I came back from ETU, it was uh, Easter Sunday. And she made me take the 6 a.m. flight to get back for Easter. And we went out to. What do you mean? Did I wrestle? Because you're not limping and you're like, your back is loose. I'm like, I'm in shape. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) So it worked, man. It's been really good. And I'm looking forward to doing a little bit more. Um, I even wrestled at the WrestleCon. Did a match with a guy named uh, Kiko Harris, which is pretty fun. So, that's awesome. Still at time. it, man.
0: Yeah. I- I'm glad man, you can still go.
1: It. Keep it, keep it don't up, it. man. Don't I, I-, 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 I want to see My you was guys more. square.
3: I actually bought a pair of boots. I bought a new pair of boots. So, that's
1: awesome. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I- <laughs> No I, I, I think I'm. I think I'm going to get some new
4: tights. Also, yeah.
3: she'll never see this podcast.
4: <laughs> it's a good but thing she boring. She my,
3: boring friend. my friend's
1: boots.
0: Steve Madison She
3: might be on the other side um, of that
1: wall and you know friends. listening. What was that? She might be on the other side of the wall listening.
3: No, no, she's she's at a happy hour with her girlfriends right now, so. But the crazy is I was actually borrowing boots um because you know I sold all my boots on freaking eBay back in the day some fan bought them for like five hundred dollars a piece. Um and I had one pair of boots left, like my original pair of black boots. And we got a new puppy and I left them in the bottom of my closet and Awesome. I went to go get him and basically chewed the top half of the boot off. It's gone. Oh, so, so I was like, I can't keep borrowing this guy's boots. He's going to need his boots back at some point. So I was like, I'll get it. You know, I'll get his pair of black ones. So they'll be here in three weeks. And uh, I mean, if I got new boots, I'm gonna probably have to do at least ten matches to before uh, I hang them up. At right? least, <laughs> at least we'll see. at we least.
0: And I got a
4: Can we get Chris Rex versus too. Scoot
0: Andrews
3: uh, I don't know if
4: you guys are yeah, coming back
1: right now. I would like to see Chris Rex versus Scoot Andrews. that, that was, Old school versus new school. You guys know Man, who, uh, I would I will be at yeah, that show. <laughs> that show I will be Did at. you
3: guys, <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys uh listen to Duke? Duke Loves Wrestling from up in Boston? Have you ever heard of him?
2: No, I don't think so. No.
3: So he's a guy I met at Ring of Honor. He does podcasts now. He 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 has some pretty big names on there. He just had uh Ron Simmons and uh, Jerry Lawler on. Uh, but he's pretty he's pretty interconnected up up in the north northeast. And he he hooked me up with a guy who does a lot of the indie guys t-shirts. So I have a new, t- new T-shirt coming out. I just approved the design, and they will be on sale if I'm at the ETU show on September 9th and the new hole, the new, no holes barred show on the 10th. If I, I'm lucky to be on there, I will have shirts available. So awesome! There you awesome. go. You said if I had anything? To pitch. There you go. There's my pitch.
4: Oh, that's that.
1: Let every, and you can let everybody know that's watching where they can find you. Your Twitter, your Instagram, Facebook, anything like that. You want to give out? You could definitely give that absolutely. out right now.
3: Okay, absolutely. I try to keep Facebook and Instagram for my personal life, um, but Twitter is my it's the wrestling domain. So it is at bnb Scoot Andrews, all one word, and you will find me there. Awesome, awesome, awesome. But Alex.
4: My uh, do the honors of closing out the show.
1: Well, and let's let's thank you, Scoop, once again. Yeah. Thank you for coming on and taking yes. your time being yes. out with us.
3: Hey, thank you for inviting me. You know, this has been a lot of fun in doing these things, man. It's just, I'm just so amazed that people actually want to hear me. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool. in, my, in my case,
2: this, this is an accomplishment as a journalist interviewing a Ring of Honor original. So thank you
0: so much. Yeah, you know, I grew I up
1: watching Ring of Honor, you know. So I grew up, you
0: know, I knew who you were.
1: Oh, so definitely I'll, I, this this is you know one of the best conversations I've had you know getting to, to hear about right, Thank wow. you for taking the time Thank
3: you guys thank you very much for having
1: me All right ladies and gentlemen that will
2: do it for today on behalf of wrestling with a bear we thank you so very much for tuning in Don't forget to tune in next week as we will be joined by Chris Kaden in the meantime, Be excellent to each other and keep supporting professional wrestling.